0: this is the bags and Plat podcast. Welcome to the bags and plat podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by monument an online treatment platform for those looking to change their relationship with alcohol monument was started by entrepreneur, Mike Russell, who was motivated to stop drinking to become a more present father to his kids. Now he's bringing the evidence-based tools that helped him change his drinking habits to you entirely online. Learn more, at joinmonument.com. That's joinmonument.com. So, welcome again to the Bags and Platt podcast. Unfortunately for you, the listener, you're stuck with just Platt today, as Bags is taking care of some stuff on his end. So, we're going to get him back for next podcast. But today, it's just me. So, I will try to do my best for you. We're going to get into sports. There is a shitload to cover. The NFL season kicks off tonight with a great rematch of a phenomenal playoff game between the Chiefs and the Texans. The NBA playoffs is in full swing. There's been some great games over the past week or two. The NHL as well. And if you're an Islanders fan, obviously a brutal loss last night, but let's start with major league baseball and the New York Yankees and everybody I know and seeing it all over Twitter is hitting the panic button on this team right now. And listen, it's understandable. But there's a lot of time left in the season, believe it or not. I think there's, what, 18 to 20 games left. They have plenty of time to right the ship and get into the playoffs. And as an avid baseball watcher and a Yankee fan and understanding how the season works, it doesn't really matter how you look in early September. And I just implore you Yankee fans to remember this. It's how you perform in October that matters. So they have to get to the playoffs. Yes. And right now they're teetering on the brink of missing it. I get that. But listen, last year, everything went right for this team when the injuries hit. And what I mean by that is you had guys who are playing above their pay grade. There were reasons why a lot of these guys were in career minor league players and they're not superstars on other teams which is why season to season, you never know what's going to happen. Bags and I sat here, and he would say it if he was here, and we talked about the fact that we were plugging the Yankees into the World Series before the season started. Nobody thought we were going to have the injury bug like they did last year. But last year, you had guys like Tocman and Ford and Wade, who let's call a spade a spade. They're role players. They're not superstars, and they played well above their pay grade last year. This year, they're not. They've come back to reality. And thank God for Clint Frazier and thank God for DJ LeMayu or this team would be in even worse shape. And somehow, someway, the pen has been shockingly awful. And although Gary Sanchez is not hurt, he pretty much is because he's that lost right now. And I don't know what you do with this guy in the future, and we're not going to talk about that right here right now, but they have to get healthy because this team on the field right now is probably the equivalent of the Yankees in the early 90s before Jeter and Pettit and those guys came up. This is a poor baseball team right now. And understandably so, you have all these injuries. I mean, Glaber finally showed up last night and got a few big hits. And I know he's a superstitious guy and he's wearing the glasses now and he feels like he's going to break out of his funk. But they need to get healthy. They need to get some of these bats back. They got to get the pen figured out. But here's the one thing I ask of you Yankee fans. Stop killing Boone. I understand he's made some questionable decisions and might have made some pitching changes here and there and i know his post-game press conferences are vanilla and he's predictable and he says the same thing but you're talking about a guy who two years ago won 100 games and last year won 103 games with a team that was going through the same injury bug that they're going through this year show me another manager who has dealt with the kind of injuries the yankees have over two seasons i mean Granted, they're in a tough spot right now. Do I think they're going to fight off the Orioles? Yeah. I don't think that any of the teams that they're competing with right now at their record are going to finish a season better and stronger than the Yankees will. Aaron Judge's injuries are a problem, Stanton's injuries are a problem. They need to figure this out moving forward. I don't think there's a shot in hell I'd give Judge the kind of contract that he's going to ask and want in a year or whenever he comes into free agency. That's for another day, but this team has to get healthy. Garrett Cole needs to figure out why he's giving up so many home runs. Delby Garcia has been phenomenal to watch. He's not at the level, but it reminds me of watching Pedro to an extent. He's confident, but not cocky. And Clark Schmidt, I think we're going to have a good pitcher on our hands here. So just breathe, Yankee fans. I know I've been saying that to you the past few weeks, and they've had a horrific run. But when the real Yankee team is on the field, I think they're going to be okay. And we don't know when that's going to be yet. So they just really have to get there. Even if they get in as a wild card at this point, they just have to get into the playoffs and then worry about it. So let them get healthy. Let's see how the next month or so plays out. And we'll go from there. And you want to shift gears, talk about the Mets a little bit. The Mets via ESPN.com, have a 32% chance of making the playoffs. And they have the best pitcher on the planet on their roster. Here's the problem. The rest of the rotation minus DeGrom is six and 12 with a 6.64 ERA. So maybe they should have kept Wheeler, who's been lights out for the Phillies, but the rest of that rotation and the bullpen is killing this team and they can't they haven't had timely hitting. Alonso's finally getting hot. Four homers in the last five games. Smith is mashing. But the rest of the lineup, including Rosario, who when are we going to call the guy a bust? He's struggling right now. So they have a lot to figure out. And I can tell you this, if somehow the Mets can sneak in, which is a huge if, and the odds obviously are stacked against them, but they have a good enough one through nine that they could score some runs and beat out some of these NL teams. If they do sneak in, do you think the LA Dodgers want to face the Grom in game one of a best of three series? No effing shot. And I think Clayton Kershaw would tell you the same thing as would everybody on that Dodgers roster. There is nobody on that team that wants to see the Mets make the playoffs. So the odds are against them. They got a tough road in front of them. But I will say, I'm an old school guy. I loved the trade for for Frazier. I think he's a great dugout guy. He is a rah-rah guy in the clubhouse. He did the same thing with the Yankees. He did the same thing with the Mets the first go around. I understand he's not going to hit 350 with 40 home runs, but you need guys like that in the clubhouse. And it seemed like the Mets needed it in the locker room. So... Let's see what happens with the Mets. We got a little time left, a lot we're going to try to cover today. So I wanted to touch on the NBA quickly. The playoffs, from my perspective, social justice, politics, all that nonsense aside, has been great. Dallas was fun as hell to watch. Utah was great to watch. Orlando was fun to watch. Now we're really kind of getting into the meat and potatoes of the best teams and the cream rising to the top in the West, at least. The Clippers and the Lakers have been on a collision collision course since the offseason. I think that is going to be an epic series. My concern for both those teams is that they're going to leave it all on the court in that series and then forget that they still have to go on and play in a championship. And I know that sounds absurd, but if you look at Major League Baseball last year, everybody said Yankees-Astros was the World Series for all intents and purposes, and you saw how that worked out. So that's going to be a great series out West. And I don't think Boston, Toronto, or Miami can beat either the Clippers or the Lakers, but I've been saying it on Twitter. I think Boston is a scary team. I think they're gelling. They're playing good ball. Toronto is a very fundamentally sound team. They obviously won a championship last year. What they've done minus Kawhi Leonard is practically – it's incredible when you think about the fact that they're in this position. And if they could somehow beat the Celtics – they have a very good shot at beating the heat who are playing phenomenal basketball right now and talk about a franchise that does not get enough credit i don't know if it's because it's in miami i don't know if it's because people don't think about it as a basketball city unless lebron was there and shaq and d wade before that but pat riley has done such an unbelievable job with this franchise if you're a heat fan you are lucky because they might have had a few years of being down. But other than that, look over the last 25, 30 years of Miami Heat basketball. It's impressive the resume they've put together. And they have a good coach down there. And it wasn't just LeBron and Wade and Bosh. And yes, I understand that they had tremendous talent. But Riley and Spolstra have done an unbelievable job in Miami. And I know Giannis is probably really upset and devastated that they lost the series. But they did not look the same, let's face it, when they came out into the bubble. Milwaukee was not playing good, clean basketball. I know Giannis got hurt. Bags and I have talked about the fact that the season kind of went up in flames when this bubble restart happened for some teams, and it happened to the Bucks. If the regular season played on, who knows what would have happened, but Milwaukee really got stuck in their tracks when... This season was suspended. So I think Giannis stays put. Bags and I will talk about that more in the weeks ahead. I can't see him leaving Milwaukee. They had a nice run. They're building. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants to go to a big market. He seems really happy in Milwaukee. But the NBA, man, if you haven't been watching it, start now because there's a lot of young talent in this league. It's a lot of fun to watch. Take the social justice stuff aside. I don't care which side you sit on watch the NBA, invest some time in the playoffs because the the quality and the talent on the court has been super impressive. So we'll keep an eye on this for the weeks ahead. The NHL, there's been some fascinating hockey being played. The Islanders lost a heartbreaker last night. I don't know if there's any coming back from that. I'm a Rangers fan and I felt bad for the Islanders last night. And I don't hate the Islanders. Bags and I have talked about that. I hate the devils because I grew up in New Jersey as a Rangers fan. Don't hate the Islanders. Loved the franchise they built when I was younger. They won four Cups. They were fun to watch. They had so much talent on that team. But last night's loss with eight seconds to go was heartbreaking. They lost game one eight to two. I'd argue that last night's loss was 10 times worse. I don't know that you can come back on a very good Tampa team down 2 right now. And even though they're playing without Stamkos, who's arguably their best player, they haven't really skipped a beat. So, you know, Unfortunately for Islander fans, they're not playing the Flyers. And I know Philly finished in front of Tampa, but Tampa is deep. They are playoff tested. They are hungry. They've had some early exits the past few years in the playoffs, and they're out to make atonement. So it's going to be a steep battle for the Islanders. It's one game at a time. I understand the mentality, and they're obviously a very good hockey team. But this is going to be a tough road. And if you've been watching the West series, it's been entertaining as hell. I know Colorado's out now. They were phenomenal to watch. Vegas against Tampa Bay in playing for the Stanley Cup. I, I just, as a hockey purist, I hate to say that out loud. It's just, aside from the ratings, are those two cities you want playing for the Stanley Cup in Edmonton, Canada no less? Think about that for a second. Wayne Gretzky, Marc Messier, Samuelson, Tegan, and all the great Oilers of the past are going to potentially watch Las Vegas play Tampa Bay for the Stanley Cup. And I I, I can't wait to see what the ratings are going to look like if that is the Cup, because th- that it's going to be very detrimental for the NHL. So let's see, hopefully the actual quality on the ice is phenomenal, and that will draw people in. But Hockey's going to get lost. If that is the finals, you're going to have the NBA finals going on. Major League Baseball in a pennant race. The NFL season kicks off tonight, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But I just I'm dumbfounded to think that that could be the Stanley Cup finals this year just on paper and just knowing as a purist in hockey that those two cities, those two teams, those two franchises are going to be lifting. One of them is going to be lifting a cup most likely. Don't hate me, Islander fans in an empty arena in Edmonton, Canada. Just bizarre. NFL season is here. Chiefs and Texans kick off tonight at 8 in a rematch of what was an epic playoff game. Here's my issue. Bags and I have talked about this. What are you doing with the fans? I just don't comprehend how some teams are going to have fans and some teams aren't. Even if it's at a 20% occupancy or a 25% occupancy, You can't have one team have fans and another team not have fans. A lot of these cities and these teams and franchises have great home field advantages, Kansas City, Seattle, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans. I'm just, Vegas must be flipping out right now, trying to figure out where the spreads are going to be, because if there is no crowd, How do you set the spread situation right now? How do you look at who's going to potentially win these games and who has an advantage? Like tonight, perfect example, not tonight, this weekend, you have New Orleans hosting Tampa Bay. Phenomenal game. But you're going to be looking at a scenario where the Saints are playing at home and I don't even know if there's a 50% occupancy there or if they're gonna have any fans. But talk about losing something that makes your stadium incredible. It's gonna be enough dealing with Tampa, who I understand is gonna need time to gel. And they got a lot of new faces on this team, and Brady's there and Gronk and they got Fournette now at running back. So on paper they look amazing. But if I'm if I'm the Saints, it's an incredible loss to not have home field. There are teams like my beloved Washington Redskins. I'm getting choked up because I need water, not because I'm sad. But my beloved Washington Redskins, if they went to go play the Kansas City Chiefs, normally, they'd be 12-point underdogs. If they went and played them tomorrow with no fans, maybe they're 8-point underdogs. Haskins doesn't have to check down on third down. There's no crowd noise to deal with. It's an entirely different game with no fans there. And I've read what Shanahan from San Francisco said. He said he hates the piped-in crowd noise because... There's no way to control it perfectly. You can't just have crowd noise going the entire game. The player said it's okay, and they don't notice it. But I want to see how this is going to influence the games. I want to see how this is going to influence the spreads. I want to see what the NFL is going to look like with no fans. So you've got some interesting matchups this week. And I was actually on ESPN.com earlier looking at who's playing who. And you see all the mascots and logos next to the teams, except for my Washington Redskins, where you see a W. What a sad and pathetic franchise that is that they couldn't even come up with a name for the team this year. It's kind of disgraceful. And I understand why they made the change and it was the right thing to do. But give me a freaking break. So the Giants and Jets get going this week. (laughs) Both have tough games. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how the fan situation plays itself out. See if there's any big injuries. Finish watching My show on HBO is phenomenal. I'll talk about that a little bit more next week. But here is my picks for the division winners this year. I think the Bills are going to break the Patriots string in the AFC East. I like the Ravens for all the reasons that everybody likes the Ravens. I think the Titans are going to be tough. Good defense, good offense, can run the ball. And obviously the Super Bowl champ, Kansas City Chiefs in the West. Uh, It pains me to say I think the Cowboys take the NFC East. I do like the Vikings. I'm not sure about Kirk Cousins come playoff time, but I will pick them to win their division. I'm going to take the Bucs because why not? I mean, obviously, the Saints are there, but they should be a lot of fun to watch this season. And then I'm back and forth between the Niners and the Seahawks. I think it's hard for the Niners, they have a tough division. They went to the Super Bowl last year. To come back to that level again is going to be a challenge. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. And with that, my Super Bowl pick is going to be the Ravens against, I'm going to say Seattle. Seattle over the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. That's right. Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game. But I'm going to go Ravens-Seattle. So that's our show for this week. Tried to keep it short. Tried to keep it brief. We miss bags this week a lot. We'll be back at it shortly. We'll bring him back on, and uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you soon.